Episode 5. Yes, episode 5. So, what are we talking about today? Sales pages. Sales pages. So, sales pages are a subset of websites. I think we have different kinds of uh, websites from the boring corporate websites. You have your e-coms website and then you have your product sales page, which I think typically all ads will land to, right? Yeah. So, tell me more. What, what's, what's the sales page in your opinion? Wow. Uh, maybe we should start off with like uh, what you were saying, like websites, right? Mm. Um, from websites that we'll kind of talk about why we even have sales pages. So I think like for websites, it's typically a place where people can go check out information, what the company's doing, what uh, how the product works, or you know what kind of features they have, mm. or the product ranges that they have, right? Um, and then, then you kind of go drill down a little bit more. Uh, you have your landing pages where people kind of go to specifically find more information about something that they're uh, trying to look for. Um, it could be the actual product page or the service itself and all the details about it. So that's the landing pages. And then you have the sales page where it's similar to like a landing page, but the objective of that is more to kind of make you buy something on the spot or make you take action on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. So as a marketer, I think especially if you talk about performance marketing, yeah. where sales is a main goal, I think sales page is probably one of the most common tool, probably one of the more important one as well when it comes to converting or getting sales right in, in from your eyes is there a difference between which products make sense to have a sales pitch or is it like an ideal product that you you should have a sales pitch for you know, I think every single product should have a sales page whether you're selling furniture or watch or an ebook could be a water bottle it could be anything right chairs what else services services yeah you're know, selling a haircut yeah even a haircut, right? I think a sales page, basically the job is kind of like a salesperson. Mm-hmm. If you have a salesperson that goes around, then the chances of someone buying from me is a lot higher. So here's a common misconception, right? When I'm building a sales page, I, I know that my ads are going to lead into that sales page. Yeah. I want every single piece of information detailed out in the sales page, almost like a catalog, the spec sheet, the videos, how, and we know that's not necessarily the, the, the best thing, right? Because like you said, the catalog doesn't do the selling for you, right? The salesperson do. So that sales page is replacing a salesperson. Yeah. So let's let's go into into the, the form, right? What, how should the sales page look like? I think you will always start off with a good headline. Uh-huh. Uh, so what kind of problem you're trying to solve for the individual? It could be like, let's say, haircut, right? Um, what are the best haircuts in town? Mm-hmm. Rated by the um, Vogue magazine 2023. Right. All right. So as long as you have something that's eye-catching, when someone lands on that, there's a higher chance for them to color like, oh, let me read more about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, I reckon 
you want to be able to talk about what kind of results that you're going to be able to deliver. Uh, what are some of the things that people are looking to solve within using your product uh, and hopefully achieve or aspire to achieve. Uh, from there, you want to be able to show some results from uh, past clients. And then I think that's probably where you want to have a call to action already. Yeah. So a really good sales pitch then essentially is a really good sales pitch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, does it matter when the consumer drop off? So I think that the, 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 the question is, sales, pitch, sales pitches can be really long. I think throughout, throughout the sales pitch, you may already have sold to the customer. So I, might, I may have already been so convinced that, hey, I'm going to check it out, right? So if, if, it, if, if it's a long sales pitch, should, I, should it be designed in such a way that you consume the entire piece before you make the purchase or should you allow exits, right? If you, yeah. uh, you're convinced with the free trial, then I lead you straight to purchase at that point. I think we should always have uh, mini yeses. Mm-hmm. Right, so throughout that whole sales page, you should be able to kind of go, okay, that's sort of enough information that people will typically need uh, to make a decision. So then you get them to do a call to action. Uh, so click here to buy now. If they're still not convinced, and that's where you can lead them down a little bit more to kind of go, all right, so here are extra testimonials. Uh, here's how the thing actually works, who is this uh, certified by or whatever, like anything that kind of helps the consumer um, overcome their objections in their head, right? So one of the biggest challenge with sales pages, I think is is that it's serving multiple market, yeah. especially if you're serving a generic product. So let's say water bottle, right? You could be selling to a mom, could be selling to a student, could, could be selling to, you know, a working adult. There are so different demo, so many different demographics, right? How do you then make sure that your sales page, unlike unlike your salesperson who can change his script depending on who he meet, your sales page is static, right? How do you make sure that the sales page the sales page speaks to all of them? That's a good one. Uh, I think you, you first need to know your customers. Mm-hmm. So that's why I stay anyway. You, you first need to know the customers. What do they typically ask? Uh, when they do meet you in person, um, what are the typical objections? If you don't have this kind of information, then what is a good way to do it is actually go to your competitor's website and look at the, the reviews. If you go to uh, places like Amazon, eBay, or Lazada, Shopee, wherever, right? There's always going to be people leaving reviews saying like, oh, what is not good about this product and whatnot. So then you can use that information as a way to gauge like uh, some of the typical hiccups that a particular product will have. That's where you can write up a better sales pitch from there. Mm. What about you? Do you have a different angle to that? Um, yeah, I, I think very, very similar, right? I think maybe the, the first thing that I would challenge myself is, shouldn't you really be selling to so many different demographics? Right, I think if, if you're going for, you know, even if you have a range of products, yeah. right? Let's say you're selling water bottles mm-hmm. and you have your range from the big tumbler for your nine to five, your, your, your gym bottle and yeah. 
maybe a travel size bottle. Then, in my opinion, you probably should have different sales pages for each of them. Right. And, and yeah. you would pitch them a little bit differently, right? So if, yeah. if, if I have, let's say, just the three demographics yeah. and three different products for that three demographics, I, I would not try to put everything into one. I'll probably separate it into three different sales pages. So just like how we separate our ads into different creative, yeah. I will build more sales pages. So it seems like a waste because you're, you're, you're building multiple sites. Yeah. But just like how a salesperson have a, have a different sales pitch to a different demo, I feel like a sales pitch should be able to do that, to, to do that too. So that's how I would, I would, I would tackle it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because uh, you, you want them to be able to look at only one product at a time mm-hmm. and the the benefits or the the features and whatnot is tailored to that person. Exactly. And to, to, to make it even more extreme, if I'm selling the same product to two different demographics, even then I'll be making two different sales pitches for it. Yep. I think the classic one would be same bottle, in pink and the same bottle in, in grey, right? And if I know that this is supposed to be targeting the, the teenage girls, it's supposed to be targeting the the the, uh, the, the girls, yep. my entire sales pitch will be written based on that one color, based on that demo, and I'm driving all my female targeting to to that pitch. Yeah. What do you what do you reckon is your top three most important things that you should have on a sales pitch? Let's run through the things that you could have. I think you've already alluded to a few. You well, I mean, based on clients and clients, <laughs> I want WhatsApp button. I want my telephone number to be there. I want uh, Facebook chat to be there as well. I want whatever uh, your hotline number at, at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, the the website, the, the the website written the website URL yeah. written out yeah. for a website that you're already on. Yeah, and uh, a share button that flows around. Yep, a, a buy now button that also floats around. That's yeah. prominent. Testimonials, uh, videos, videos, pictures, the gallery of pictures for the product, yep. the 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 Instagram feed from your Instagram account. Um, yeah. So it sounds like you you're already mocking some of them, right? So I think <laughs> it's it's very easy to think about to think about it from a third party perspective because. Then you can see how ri- ridiculous it is, right? To have three conversion methods just because, you know, there's a 10% chance that someone might want to call a hotline to speak to a real person, yeah. right? So I think that the top three that must definitely be there would be product introduction. And it, it can come from any form. So if your product is better introduced as a, as a picture, yeah. uh, then it should. If your product is better explained in a video, then, then that's the one. If it if it's if it, if it's perfectly explained through words, yeah. then then that's your intro. So having a product introduction should be key, um, as succinctly as possible. So that's the first element. The second element will be proof points. I think unless you're operating in a world that only you have that product, I I think that we need to address why yours. So I, I need a water bottle. And I know that you're selling water bottle now after reading your introduction. Why your water bottle? So I think that the proof point is, is going to be important. Yeah. Uh, and that can include very simple things like 
testimonials, you know, like 300 people have bought it and, you know, like 200 five-star reviews and, you know, bestseller on Amazon, mm. our, our bestseller. And I think the proof point to, to do two things, right? One, to convince people that this is the right product and also to tell people that this is not a wrong product. I think sometimes there's the, the fear that I'm going to be the, the dumb one buying into a scam, especially if it's online, right? Like this is actually just a low quality watch, over marketed, like overly marketed, right? And you don't want to be that person who will end up buying that. Sure. So I think being able to show proof points that, that this is it, right? Yeah. And then the last would be why now? I think that the conversion or the, the urgency to convert would, would be important to like either it's a free trial either it's a low barrier entry buy now pay later deferred payment uh, you know free shipping uh, a timer that takes you know how how in food by now you have like a timer that takes down for the for a promo for just to get you to convert fast I think having those little little things would, would, would be good so in summary product introduction for um, point Sorry, uh, proof points and also urgency to convert. Urgency to convert. Yeah, okay. What about, what, what about you? What's your topic? Those are actually pretty good. Uh, I was about to say something very, very similar. I think I'll, I'll start off with the last one, the conversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the conversion. Um, so it's something that makes them do something then. then. So it ties in very much to your urgency to do something. Uh, so... Um, that's the that's one of them. Uh, I think a good headline is always so very important because if your headline is decent enough, uh, it tells the story exactly of what they're getting and what um, what they're sh- basically what they should be expecting from the rest of the page, uh, the the benefits of of what they'll be getting and what the product is and how will they work to help them. Right. right. Uh, I think those are the three things that you you should have in your headline. So that that's very interesting, right? So pu- pulling, maybe pulling the conversation out a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, seems like we, we are talking a lot about product, uh, the, the, the specificity of the product, how it works, why it works, right? We ha- haven't really touched about brand. So if I, if I take a step back, how much does brand play a role in, in, in that? Maybe my views, like, <laughs> I'll say zero. Right. I'll, I'll say zero. Um, only because as long as the product solves the issue of that consumer, then it doesn't really matter what the brand is. So my, my philosophy when it comes to marketing has always been that it should always solve the problem, not so much about, um, and, and the only time branding comes in is if branding or the aspiration that the brand comes with solves the problem. Mm-hmm. Or like, let's just say a t-shirt. T-shirt is very commoditized, but the branding itself solves the problem for people aspiring to be like athletes or whatnot. Right, or want to look like they're part of that circle. Correct. So that's the only time I'll say branding makes sense. Right. If it's not because of that, uh, branding is something that covers a lot of work, just decent markedly. I absolutely agree. I think, in, especially in this context where we are talking about product pages yeah. uh, and sales pages for particular products, I would see brand as one of the element. 
I know we always talk about brand being the bigger umbrella and then you know your products and your activation being all the things that you do to to either push a product or to build a brand, right? In this case, I absolutely agree with you. I think brand is an is only an element. Meaning if you have a big brand yeah. and it helps push that message across, yeah. it's a strength. Yes. But what it does also mean is that even if you are in an unbranded cup of glass, yeah. um, you can still sell yeah. as long as you build the right story. And that's, that's the beauty of sales pages, right? You don't have to be known. You just have to address the concern. If people's concern is trust, then maybe brand solve that trust. So you got to build a brand yeah. to solve the trust issue. Otherwise, like, no new brands will ever get established anymore. If we're talking about like stand-up brands being uh, the only thing that you can do, mm-hmm. and that's what you need to have, that it will never have new brands coming up. Right, and arguably, 80% of the products in Amazon yeah. are unbranded, right? Correct. And yeah. then they still sell. Yeah. So I have uh, so headline and conversions as my two, and then I think the last one is going to be similar to yours, just testimonials. Something to let them know that other people have new... Like social proof that it, they work proof, yeah, that's the word in right. social proof. I think those are my top three when it comes to self pages, right? So let's zoom in to the, the, to the ones that we laugh at, right? Like that little floaty WhatsApp chat button, that little hotline at the bottom, yeah. that all these backups, right? Like backup plans, then are they distractions or do they truly capture the potential dropouts? Is it providing convenience options or are they just distractions? You know, like, I, I've never personally tested, like, done a proper, proper split test with massive amount of traffic on it, right? But I will say that some of them do work, like the little distractions, people will click on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's maybe not a lot of clicks on it, but at least some of it uh, I clicked. So here, here comes my hypothesis is that maybe it does contribute to it, but it's not a significant amount of it. And if you do something that is a little bit more focused, um, so meaning that you only have the chat button or like the sign up button, and that's all you can you can do, then maybe it might work uh, better compared to like them thinking like, oh, I have all these different options that I can use. Which one should I pick? Yeah, I I think my perspective. Similar, similar thought, but different perspective. I think my perspective is that a sales pitch typically is already cluttered. There's so much that you need to achieve in, in that short split of a minute to convince someone to, to buy your product, right? Having so many different things happening at the same time isn't really going to help build a case. So rather than having the little hotline number, the little about us, our founder, and if those really doesn't contribute to the story, it's better to not have it. Then we, we are purely investing into the focus uh, of the, the, the focus or the purpose of the sales pitch, which is to deliver the sales pitch, right? I can totally imagine, back to the whole salesperson example, you know, the salesperson, after having gotten your phone number and then telling you, here's my email, here's my address, here's my office, you can call my boss, isn't really, like those options are great, yeah but it doesn't really help the conversation. In fact, it's making the conversation more confusing. So to me, I would always prefer, because it's already so complex, I would rather remove some functionality so that everyone is sort of forced towards the same funnel and they have less 
less distraction that gets in the way, less one less thing to think about, right? Even I would argue even for for things like payment method and people like to have all sorts of payment method. I feel like we should kind of streamline to one, sure. right? So I, I don't want you to to worry about you know like these are the twenty different payment methods that we we accept, but ninety percent of your customers are on the first three. Yeah, I'll be just keep it to three. Right. Yeah. Uh, makes sense. Cool. So on 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 that note, the other the other function or feature of a website that we always care about is analytics, right? Mm. Having a particular sales pitch and not having feedback a feedback loop to know whether it's working or not is obviously a waste of time, right? Yeah. So how important then is is analytics in, in this whole thing? And how frequently should you change your sales sales pitch? Super important. I think which I think we, for a second I was like trying to think like is it I was trying to challenge myself to see if whether like it is important. <laughs> but then like it just kicked just like no, it, it is super important. Um so why why is it super important? Because just like anything that you're doing, if you're not tracking it, you don't know how well it's doing. And if you don't know how well it's doing, how can you improve it? How can you make it better or how do you know it's doing okay? Yeah. So definitely a sales page is just one of those things that you should be tracking. And there's a few things that you can be tracking, like how long are people staying on it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where, where are people coming from, uh, which button do they click on the most, that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in terms of how often you should improve it, I say maybe once a week, depending on the traffic size, right? Yeah. And like, then if there's... In enough traffic coming in for you to make a statistical, uh, I guess, difference in, in what you're trying to change. And so, like, it could be like the banner, it could be the button color or the size of it, um, anything really. But I definitely think you should be tracking and changes shouldn't be done so often unless it's, you think it's super, super important. Like, and always change them, big things as well. If you think the banner is going to make the most impact, change the banner. Uh, if you really think that the size of the button by one pixel is going to make a difference, do it. Yeah, right. As long as it's, I will do like from biggest impact to the smallest. Right. I, I absolutely agree. And I think that the discipline to, whether you're making an active change on it or not, having the discipline to look into it and then going to the active decision to say, it's, it's hitting my benchmark. I'm not, I'm, I'm actively deciding to not touch it this week. It's an active decision too. So to, to, to constantly monitor and I would even go so far to the extent of treating the sales page the exact same way you treat your ad creative. Right? So as frequently as you're changing your ad creative, that should be as frequently as you are changing your, your sales page, whether it's the promo, the, the banner, the picture, the color tone. Correct. Uh, in it, in in it, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. As long as you you have the data to back up your your claims, all this is exactly. Yeah. The second thing that I would add to that is the the mechanics of changing it, and maybe to to be just a bit more technical, right? We should even A/B test before we change. Right? So you have a working you, you have a working site now that's say hitting a one percent or one point five percent conversion rate. Yep. And you want to roll out this new feature that you feel, hmm, you know, people seem to be dropping off at my banner. I want to try to replace that banner with a promo. It's perfectly, in fact, if we have the luxury to be able to launch a second concurrent page, you know, 
test it with a smaller subset of the traffic just to see if does it make my 1.5% become a 2% or does it actually bring it down to 1% before actually replacing it with the full traffic. Yeah. I think would would, would be a, a theoretically a better way to implement that change too. Right. So once you think of it in that perspective or from, from that method, you only lose out when you don't test, right? Because yeah. every single test, you are either making it better or realizing that you have something better. Correct. Well, that's an interesting, interesting one for for today. Yeah. Um. What was the what's the recap? What's the big recap? Before I cut it off, the revert big recap. Uh, why you should have it? Yeah. Function. Yeah. You should definitely have it only because you want to sell something. Yeah. This is a closing to it. Yeah. Uh. So you know, it's it's more direct. It's purposeful and it's there to sell something. It's not there as a catalog. It's there to help you sell, direct sell. And I think, well, what do you reckon are the top three things that you should be having with? Um, product, proof points, conversion, urgency. Yeah. And for yours, it's headline, social proof, social proof, and completion. Yeah. Right. So I think the one takeaway, if, if there's any for our, for our audience today, is that if you're trying to improve conversion, so if you're sitting there thinking, how do I improve my sales? How do I bring in more customers? How do I sell more of certain things? And you haven't looked into your sales page, yep. I think this is a good uh, a good wake up to maybe have a look at your sales page yep. and, and actually have a plan for it. Yep. If you don't yet have a sales page, then it's, it's an obvious opportunity to, to, to fix uh, before anything else. Cool. So that wraps up episode five. Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much for watching. Please make sure you subscribe, like, comment if you have any questions about this particular episode. And uh, yeah, share this with uh, everyone else. Who needs a sales pitch? Yeah. Well, you know, they're not do it for you. Cool. See you in the next episode. Yeah. No, no.